This week's episode is brought to you by the Talkbuster podcast. Every episode, Chris Chipman and a guest reminisce their time working for Blockbuster. Now, even if you've never worked for a Blockbuster, I guarantee you'll find the stories both hilarious and relatable. One of my personal favorite stories was when he had a guest retelling his time of working at a porn shop the day before Christmas when they were just packed to the gills. So, listen to the Talkbuster podcast on all your favorite platforms today. Hello and welcome to Geeks with Shields, your home for all things good nerdy in this, the darkest timeline. I'm Axel Wright, and with me as always is... Lord Commander Auric, and I'm wondering if we can be sued by PBS for stealing the NPR intro. Uh, I highly doubt that. You can't... You can't <laughs> I'm not doing a caricature, I'm just doing a... I'm just bringing my voice tone down and sm- talking a little smoother. That's not like... You can't trademark that. We're going to be hearing from NPR's lawyers shortly. Well, the joke's on you. We don't have any money. Well, anyway, Ulrich, I already know that you're doing... Well, I already know how you're doing, because it's 2020. Currently. So, (laughs) I'm going to move right on to the patron sound-off. These are our backers on Patreon. I can't believe it's been this long. I couldn't think of the word backers. Anyway, people who make it, like, you know, who support what we're doing, and we reply to their awesomeness by, at the very least, saying their names at the beginning of these things, uh, these recordings. So they are Pam Galley, Marquis, Chris Chipman, River Galley, Krug, Arthur Crane, Kevin Vay, Brendan Agnew, John Vinnels, Kit Kenny, and Solomansk. And if you would like to have your name also spoken off on this list by either me or Ulrich, depending on what we're doing, then just head on over to Patreon slash Geeks with Shields. I think that's the proper HTML. Anyway, a dollar a month gets you at minimum 25 cents an episode if you put out four or more things a month. And, you know, it goes a long way towards helping us, you know, do what we do and continue to do what we do. Anyway, Ulrich, what are we talking about? We're going to talk about the fatal flaw of Thor in the MCU. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cheat a bit here because I already know what we're actually going to be talking about. And I want to say that fatal flaw is not properly convey it i think so no it makes a good title all right fair enough uh it's a very marketing move of you and i have to keep my eye on you so (laughs) what we're really talking about is the something that thor really only started doing with thor ragnarok actually i shouldn't even say started really they only did with thor ragnarok yeah which is the idea that thor is a god well, that Thor is a god and that magic is a thing. Because Axel and I had this conversation a bunch over the years. Pretty much, like, immediately following Avengers. I think the first day he came up, like, have they ever said that Thor is a god? And we were like, no, they kind of skate around that one. Well, I mean, that's kind of part of the plot of the first movie is that Eric Selvig is like, I know that you have the name and you're saying these things from the stories uh, as a child. And I still, you literally, I think when he's drunk, I still don't believe you're the God of thunder, but you ought to be. So it's yeah. like, they bring it up, but they bring it up in a very tongue in cheek way. I mean, they literally have Thor at one point say to uh, Jane, you know, you call it science and your ancestors called it magic. But from where I come from, they're one and the same. So it's, yeah. it's, they're it's literally going from, the beginning. Yeah. They're literally going off of that science that is advanced enough is seen as magic it isn't until doctor strange that they throw that completely i'll be like no magic exists and this is just straight magic <laughs> so and i'd argue we're better for it and i know a lot of people are going to agree with me because everyone loves 
Thor Ragnarok way more than either Thor or Thor the Dark the Dark yeah. World. The Dark World, which is my least favorite movie in the entire MCU. I hold a soft spot in my heart for it because I love a lot of the designs and the sets. Whereas Thor Ragnarok, sorry, whereas Thor Ragnarok is my favorite movie in the MCU. My MCU brain is sandwiched by two Thor movies. So I don't, I don't like Ragnarok, but that's it's it's a more personal thing. I do love that they're finally like he's a god. He does magic. It's all in space. We're throwing off the shackles of trying to chain ourselves to realism. Yeah. So since. The MCU did end up doing that. My question I come to then is, what are we really talking about in here uh, as far as like conversation goes? I think we're just kind of going to discuss the idea of did Marvel's refusal to let Thor be Thor hinder, you know, those early movies? Because a lot of people do not look back on those movies with fondness. So I still like Thor one a lot. I do too. I like how I like how simple it is, but it is is very good. Thor two. My problems with Thor two stem more from first of all, I hate Thor two's color palette. I I feel yeah. like I bring this up a lot more often than I should, but literally, if I'm gonna be staring at this thing for two hours and some, it should not make me depressed. Unless the point of the movie is to make me depressed, which really is not the case in this movie. So. It's like when you're Schindler's List, you can get away with having a, a drab color palette because it's supposed to be a sad movie. But, you know, with Thor, no. <laughs> yeah. No, it is. And I, I agree. And it is, again, it's a great contrast between Thor and Thor Ragnarok. Well, I have issues with Thor Ragnarok, mostly tonally. That movie feels like I'm reading a Thor comic. It's bright. It's colorful. It's over the top. One thing I do think is neat is, and I haven't read a whole lot of Thor comics. I've read a handful. Most of my comic book knowledge of Thor comes from him showing up in other people's comics. Usually well, when he shows his best ones. Yeah, yeah. Like a couple, a handful of times he showed up with Spider-Man, for example. Mostly because Spider-Man comics are the only ones I read a lot of. Uh, but, it, so bring that up. It's interesting to me that at this point, Thor is the character in the MCU who, while I love him, still has never really, in my estimation, been his comic book counterpart. Like, oh, no. Robert Downey Jr. hit what I consider comic book Tony Stark almost perfectly. Like, it's an insane amount. Almost like Chris Evans. That is Captain America. That's comic book Captain yep. America. I totally, like, buy that. And I can go down the list for, like, most, most of these characters. But Thor, and I love MCU Thor, he has never been comic Thor. <laughs> They got real close there with his first movie and the Avengers, in which he kind of spoke the old English, and you know he threw out the comic booky terms, and he felt like a space Viking. Like but I know, then, it, I know it's like I know it's petty or petty's not the right word. I know it's stupid to hone on this, but there's a reason we call him the Mighty Thor in the comic, and he uses that word a lot. Those are like yes, what his moves are like, you know, the Mighty Hammer. How dare you challenge the might of the God of Thunder? And like, Thor in the comic is very much open bravado about being the God of Thunder. Like, it's how yep. he defines himself, and it's how he interacts with other people. So the fact that MCU from the beginning was like, all right, we're going to make the whole God thing kind of vague, from the very beginning meant that you could not do a more accurate depiction of what Thor is, because... Being a god is so important to comic book Thor's personality. Does that make any sense? 
Yeah, and they again that very first Thor movie before he gets you know kicked down to Earth, he really is kind of channeling that mighty god of thunder. It's like, oh, we're off to a good start, and then they kind of sand off the edges and go, okay, be less of a dick. And it's like, okay, this 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 could be a good balance. And then Avengers comes up, and it's like, okay, they they kind of took a lot out of him. And then you get you know, uh, Dark World, Dark World, and it's like, oh, we're even stripping it even further back. And I mean, they, literally, they have a line. Sorry, literally. Literally, they have a bit in Dark World where where Odin says straight to Loki, the mortals may see, or the earthlings may see us as gods, but we are no different from them. And Loki says something like, give or take 5,000 years. I so, hated that line with a passion. Yeah, same. I hate that. I, I get why that line exists, but it bothers me so much. Well, that's why, that's, that's why I love it. way more. It's countered by the Ragnarok line, though, of... Are you the god of hammers? <laughs> so Yeah, no, that's where Ragnarok kind of went background because it asked the question. It's like, we have a guy who is a Norse deity who wields the power of, you know, elements itself. He should be that. He shouldn't be going, well, technically, I'm not really a god. And technically, this isn't really magic. I'm just this... a really strong guy with a hammer. Like, that's boring. And, and, and that's why you first movies, you could get you could get away with it because the hammer seemed to be what let him control lightning. So everyone was like, "Well, the hammer is is just this crazy piece of tech that controls lightning." And then Ragnarok's like, "No, the lightning is Thor's power. The hammer is just a badass hammer, but the lightning comes from Thor." So that was like the one part. Like everyone agrees, Age of Ultron was good. Was the hammer scene when everyone's trying to lift the hammer and Tony, you know lets off a line of techno babble and Thor goes, no, it's quite simple. You're not worthy. Yeah. It's like, see, you keep seeing it trying to edge and it's like, let us let this character have magic. Let us let this character be a god. And they were like, no, 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 that's too weird. We can't do that. And it really just kind of rains this kind of frustration that hangs over the character. So I'm really curious what Love and Thunder is going to do. Fingers crossed they introduce Hercules because that is what I want to see the pairing up of. Yeah. Also, as a sidebar, and I don't, I'm not the kind of guy who gets into like, nitpicking loopholes because i think that's stupid and actually harms film criticism as a like a medium but i did always wonder we supposedly the the fight with the frost giants and the and odin and whatnot happened you know i guess well it's very unclear because it's implied that it happened like in scandinavia like pre first millennium essentially or i guess pre second i think it actually has a date like it actually there's an official time in the mcu timeline and it's like 700 but my point is that if if odin is telling thor and loki about this thing that happened and thor and loki are children at that point then how come based on our best estimations the scandinavian people were already worshiping thor and loki as full-grown beings so that seemed something like that just didn't never gelled See, with me so well, i'm considered that but that's that's a holdover from the comics of the endless cycling and whatnot but no that is i hadn't considered that yeah, yeah so my my mind just had to be that the timeline must be like different but that it's not or that there was a mistake or that it's just not clear because as far as i'm concerned thor and loki both had to be full-grown adults by the eighth century uh to have like what we know about Scandinavian worship makes sense. So I don't know. Maybe it is. Someone will have to look it up. There isn't a big official Marvel timeline for all that that matters. They've gone back and reduced it a couple times, but I don't know. Let's kind of bring it back. Are you happier with the depiction of Thor now than when he was first introduced? 
Yes, and here's why. The word God is very contentious, but I think it's, there's a very, very important difference between lowercase God and capital God. And lowercase God, to me, translates roughly to being of immense power that usually has control over a specific sphere of influence, usually elemental, not always, can be something more esoteric, and is worshipped in some way. Like, the god obviously con connotates worship, so I don't think you can be a god without someone worshipping you. I think even when people are saying, like, I will become a god, the implication is I will then have, you know, legions of followers. But even with all that being true, there should be no, as far as I'm concerned, issue with having lowercase g gods in your series, because the existence of lowercase g gods from any faith, any of them, can exist simultaneously, and it works in my brain, because, like, that's kind of the whole point of lowercase g gods, is that they are really just another race, just that happens to be above humans in power, but they still have their own quabbles and struggles and so so i don't see I mean, an issue with with uh like i don't i feel like the only reason they were like iffy on the first place was to try to get away from that worship connotation but that i think really only becomes a problem when you start dealing with like capital g god so. i'm not so sure it was they were afraid of worship as when you go back and you look at the first two phases of the mcu they were still very reticent to do comic bookness in that nope this is grounded in science and real science and maybe we'll stretch it a bit but this is still science and it's not really tell you know again dr strange comes in breaks they're like no we do magic now bitches it's like oh well then here's the eternals and here's thor ragnarok and here's you know what we're doing big crazy stuff because it turns out people like that Turns out that that's what they read the comics for. Sure. I, I have no answer to this, but I will say that using, again, Thor Ragnarok is my favorite MCU movie, period. And a big part of that is I like that that version of Thor, first of all, I love that MCU Thor is, how do I put this? He's a dork. Like, he's yep. a cool dork, but he's still a dork. And he understands that. So I love the, my favorite lines literally are ones like, you know, insert name, uh, strongest Avenger. Not Bruce Banner. What? So, you know, just you know, things like stuff like that just makes me like, or or his whole like conversation with Hulk versus Banner, where he's just tripping over his words constantly. Like, I love that depiction of Thor. But I also, I mean, watching him go all thundery as the immigrant song starts playing, with after the the eyes blazing, and yeah, it's like, oh, all right, here we are. And I mean, that's kind of like another conversation we could have for another time, but. Did Thor ever really feel as, well, this is a Marvel thing. None of the big heavy hitters feel as strong as they should be. Uh, I feel like, like Iron him, Man got, got, got there. I mean, yes. Yeah, I know but I feel like everyone's brought gets... down to Iron Man's level. Like everyone starts at Iron Man's level and they can't really break that cap. Like even Hulk never really seems to be like he's stronger than Iron Man. Uh, I, I, I feel like this is a whole other conversation because I don't really yeah. think saying but maybe we can talk about that another time no i feel like we kind of stumbled into that one yeah let's, yeah. let's bring it let's bring it back to thor 
Well, my concluding thought is that I, I think I understand the impetus of why they were iffy on like magic and gods and stuff early on, but I'm glad that the MCU got big enough and they got bold enough to go with it. I mean, honestly, can you imagine if they tried to make Doctor Strange using that same old mentality? Like, would that even be possible? I cannot imagine how that would have worked at all. Oh, well, so. he's just opening, you know, portals to other dimensions and where their logic doesn't apply the same as ours. It's like, oh, that'd be terrible. That would be just, oh. So, all right, so let's, end it. let's end it on this question. Do we think that the Thor movies are worse for not being able to be Thor movies when they first started? Would the first Thor and Thor the Dark World have been better movies if they just went out of the gate and he's a god, he has magic, he's a space viking, and they didn't try and ground or center it? My answer is no. I think they would have been different movies, but I think that the strengths and faults of both those movies don't actually have much to do with this discussion. So I feel like they'd be just be different. So that's my, my thought. I am going to say they're going to be better because I feel like at the very least we would have spent more time in Asgard, which is where the really interesting visual designs were and the real interesting stories were because that was to me the biggest failing, well, one of the biggest failings of the Dark World was, oh, great, we're back on Earth in London. I sure didn't enjoy, you know, the space Viking aesthetic. That was really cool. No. Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. disagree with that. That's that's a pretty good argument. Anyway, let's hear what you guys listening, what do you think about it? But thank you for listening. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, do all those things that I'm supposed to ask you to do. And I, even though I try to make this sound different every time, I do fall into a pattern of saying that. But point is, the more people see this, the more that the podcast can grow, and the more it grows, the more we the more stuff we can do. I mean, we're already trying to experiment with stuff because like it's grown bigger than we thought it was going to grow to. So you know, that's awesome. We'd like to see it grow more. And you can help us grow by following us on the following podcast apps. SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Podcast, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Want to help us more? Suggest more places that you can listen to us at so we can be on there so you can listen to us. As always, this has been Axel Wright. And his shield brother, Lord Commander Ulrich. Be sure to tune in next time. And as always, stay honorable.